Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. What's going on? Welcome into Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app Sirius XM channel 80 and on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN radio don't care how you found us just happy that you did happy Tuesday Courtney Cronin Nick Verdell sitting in for the guys as always presented by progressive insurance you can tweet to us at any time throughout the show at Courtney R Cronin is my handle at Nick Friedel is Nick's you can also hit us up on the phones triple eight say ESPN 888-729-3776 so news out of the NBA, we await to hear John Morant speaking publicly for the first time since his suspension began, an eight-game suspension that is now officially over the two-time All-Star guard rejoining the Memphis Grizzlies. Yesterday night, he sat on the bench for Memphis's win at Dallas, but today, after shoot-around, after practice happens in preparation for the Rockets game, which the official word out of Memphis is that they are hopeful Ja will be able to play in that game, his first game back since uh, more than 13 days ago. But at this point, they say he is, quote, returned to competition reconditioning. That is the reason he did not play against the Dallas Mavericks on Monday night. But he is back in the fold. And Nick, at this point, it looks like he's in a spot where we'll finally get maybe a little clarity on this situation with what happened in Denver. I don't know how much of that he's going to be willing to address, but you know that those questions will be coming when he does inevitably talk. This part of any athlete or public figure, frankly, Courtney, of the comeback from whatever they're going through, that's the most interesting one to me. When they sit down for that first press conference, because uh, Josh spoke to our colleague Jalen Rose, but I think everybody understood that there were certain questions that everyone knew was coming. And in a one-to-one interview, you can prepare for that kind of stuff. And a more formal press conference and an availability, you and I both know, especially in the sports that we cover, anything seems possible. And no matter how much an athlete or a coach or an executive may prepare for those situations, being there in the moment and having to respond in certain ways is is just a completely different atmosphere. So I am very curious with John Morant right now, given what he's gone through, how he'll handle the questions that will come his way. And as he moves ahead and the league tries to figure out what they want to do, I am still just kind of shaking my head. And I know a lot of people around the NBA are because Ja had this opportunity to be not only a face of the league, but get the full push of the league office and everything else behind him. And he has... Just giving it away, and I'm not sure when or if he'll be able to build back enough of that trust to get it back. He was supposed to be the next in line as one of the faces of the NBA, and you've got to think that the incident that happened 
in the Denver night, Denver area strip club a couple weeks ago where he was seen flashing a gun on Instagram live in an alleged intoxicated state. There's that incident. And then there's several others. The, the line of these things, the article that was put out by the Washington Post leading into that incident regarding a 17 year old in an altercation at John Morant's home in the Nashville or excuse me, in the Memphis area last summer. Then, of course, what happened when the Indiana Pacers came to town and members of John Morant's you know, inner circle were accused of pointing a laser at two players in the, in the, you know, the bowels of FedEx stadium after the game. And, And who knows what ends up coming out of all of those things, but it's the litany of things now a long line of issues with John Morant that continue to put in him in a negative spotlight. And those, a lot of that is self-inflicted. And that's what I'm curious about how John Morant handles this press conference. Are you going in and taking ownership, culpability? Are you saying, I messed up. And I'm curious also when he talked about stress relief in the situation on his Instagram live was saying that that he's got to find better ways to manage his stress. Like, what is exactly is he talking about? Because to me, it seems like you keep putting yourself in these situations if you're John Morant. And now's your chance to clear the air for the first time ever you know, in, in, in a public setting, because you're right. The interview that he had with Jalen Rose was a sit down one-on-one. I'm sure there were things that were allowed to be asked and some things that were probably off limits. And they knew that going into this, all bets are off now and how he handles this. Like I remember when I found out you and I were hosting the show today, I thought there's no better person for me to be on here with to ask about these things than Nick Friedle, who covers the NBA. And you were obviously very much in the forefront of what Kyrie Irving in his situation and in him being told he had to be away from the team for a, for an ample amount of time at the start of the season when he was still a Brooklyn net, because he posted the link to a video that contained anti-Semitic rhetoric. And then when he had a chance to apologize for it, he went the absolute other way and deflected and it became volatile and it painted him in a picture where it looked like, I'm not sorry that I did it. I'm sorry that you were offended. So I'm curious, like if Ja handles this in the same way, he's not doing himself any favors in terms of putting himself back or at least trying to get back on the right track of being in the good graces of the NBA. Courtney, you're right. And when you look at this situation, especially as... I went through the Kyrie uh, back and forth for many weeks, and and there were so many different layers there. What I would tell any player or organization from the standpoint of not only being a, a journalist but being a fan of the game, the best thing that John Morant could do in this moment is just be transparent. Mm-hmm. Discuss what you've been doing, why you felt the need to go to Florida uh, to to go through a, a counseling program for a little while. What do you think came out of it? How are you going to change and get away from the situations that continue uh, to get you into some trouble, as you outlined there? The best thing that anybody can do after going through such a, a public event is be transparent about what the plan is moving forward to not put yourself in that situation again. And I think in the context of the Kyrie conversation, the worst thing that Kyrie did uh, didn't even come in that press conference where he and I are going back and forth. Courtney, it came in the press conference a week later. Mm 
mm-hmm. or five or six days later. The one on the Thursday. Exactly. The shoot around press came, conference. Right, That's they, the one I was referring to where he kept deflecting from it. And from the initial incident, I mean, of course, that was a very tense. I mean, you could cut the tension with the knife. I'm, I don't need to tell you that you were there. But like the shoot around press conference was the one where I felt he did himself the most disservice in terms of the perception that he wasn't actually sorry for anything that he did. Well, and it was it was in that press conference, Courtney, where I asked him point blank, Kyrie, just for the record, do you do you have any anti-Semitic beliefs? And instead of just saying yes or no, he, he answered in a way that was left open for interpretation on that. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting as you go back in what happened there is that a, a couple weeks later after the suspension, the first question that was asked was, Kyrie, just to clear it up, do you have any anti-Semitic beliefs? And he said flatly, no, which is exactly what the league wanted to hear, exactly what the Nets organization wanted to hear. But in that moment, he didn't want to give that answer. He didn't want to feel like he had lost control in any way. And now the key looking ahead again for John Morant is how do you tell your fan base, the organization, and the NBA that you won't put yourself in the same type of situations that have continued to pop up now over the last year and a half? And speaking of Kyrie Irving, he did end up speaking on this issue today. He said, quote, when you're dealing with particular hardships in the public eye, especially with the media being attracted to just keeping up with what you're doing or what's the next kind of grab or story, I don't want to assume anything by any every media member, but that's just the way it seems for me and my perspective, which is there was an overload of judgment on Ja. There was an overload of judgment on what I had going on, and there's usually an overload of judgment from the court of public opinion. When you hear these sort of comments from Kyrie Irving, to me, this just... And we don't know how Jao's going to handle this. Hopefully we're going to have the sound here in a little bit on ESPN Radio and you can react and, and, and you know, have your own opinion on what John Morant says or does not say. But the how rich that is coming from someone like Kyrie Irving saying there's you know a rush of rushing to judgment. No, sir, there wasn't because this is multiple instances where you have somebody who has been positioned to be a face of the NBA – and throwing it all away in the public eye, I think a lot of it's coming from a place of concern where you look at the NBA, the state of the game right now, realizing where it's headed and the giant unknowns with it, hoping that John Morant doesn't take an opportunity in front of himself and squander it. Like, I I can't really understand what he's trying to say. It feels like there was a lot more projecting from Kyrie Irving in that comment than anything that had to do with concern about John Morant and how he's go- what he's going to be asked about and how he's going to handle it. Well, that's because there was, Courtney. And that's because having been around Kyrie and having lived through that entire saga from a few months ago, I I think it it bothered him in the way in which everything was handled. But this speaks to Kyrie. This potentially speaks to Ja and what he may say uh, over the next 20 or 30 minutes when he gives his press conference in Memphis here. But you can't have it two ways. You can't be the face of a worldwide, global, multi-billion dollar sport and then not be transparent about the issue at hand. In Kyrie's case, it was the tweets and it was the the links to his Instagram story. In Ja's case, it is not just this incident in the Denver area strip club. It's the 
incidents that you you laid out from the last year plus. He continues to put himself in situations that the face of a league shouldn't be in. And if you're John Morant and you have not only your entire future ahead of you, but the max contract that's coming up on the books that that hits next season, and you have an entire league that is trying to back you and show you the way to being the next big thing when the LeBrons and Stephs and Kevin Durants retire and move on after their basketball career, you cannot make these kind of public missteps over and over again because you lose credibility with the people who come out to see you play. And that is exactly what happened to Kyrie, and it didn't just happen over the last year. It's been happening for a lot longer than that. But that specific incident and his response to it initially has uh, painted a a different light than one that he uh, thought that he would have to deal with at this point in his career. Courtney Cronin, Nick Friedle with you here on this Tuesday afternoon, sitting in for Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. So on the note of the expectations for John Moran and what's next for this Memphis Grizzlies team, they were able to fare pretty well in his absence. They won last night at Dallas against the Dallas Mavericks with Joss sitting on the sideline. But we do believe, and the expectation right now is that he will be back on Wednesday. That would be against the Houston Rockets in 8 p.m. tip-off, and they actually have Houston again this coming Friday. But the schedule for them down the remainder of the season, Houston twice, Atlanta, Atlanta, Orlando, the Clippers twice, the Bulls, Portland, New Orleans, Milwaukee, and then finishing things up with Oklahoma City. So it's a team that's in the driver's seat right now, and they've been somehow able to remain in the driver's seat, Nick, despite not having their two-time all-star guard. What is a realistic expectation for the Grizzlies as they move forward here in this push towards one of the top seeds in the Western Conference playoffs? Courtney, a realistic expectation to me is for this Grizzlies team to potentially win a round in the playoffs. But that wasn't the realistic expectation coming into the season, and certainly not when Morant was on the floor and everybody was feeling good about that team and its chances moving forward. I go back to that interview he did with our friend Malika Andrews. He tells Malika, hey, I'm good in the West. I don't need any help. I've got this whole thing locked up. My Memphis Grizzlies are ready to roll into the finals this year. That's not the case. From a basketball standpoint, I have never seen a team that has to go through the type of off-the-floor distraction that Memphis has gone through the last two or three weeks and been able to put the pieces back together to a point where they have the success, in this case, contending for a title that they thought they were going to have all along. Ja is a hell of a player. I don't think it'll take very much time for him to get back into the fold of putting up big numbers, winning games, where I think he did his team in the league, a huge disservice is by making this such a distraction, it didn't allow for the Grizzlies to catch the rhythm that they would need going into the postseason. Maybe he can change the whole narrative and he can become the player and the leader that everybody hoped he would be and get Memphis all the way through in the West. Courtney, I don't see it, and I don't see it in large part because of what he did off the floor becoming such a distraction for the group on it. 
the magnifying glass on him is only going to become more intense here. And that's typically what happens when a high-profile athlete does something questionable or something less than intelligent, which is what happened in Denver. And I go back to last night because I was watching highlights of this game from the game when they end up beating Dallas. And then afterwards, there's a post-game interview that he comes and interrupts. And think of this what you will. He ends up quoting rap lyrics from NBA Youngboy, and I don't, you know, I can't say that I know his entire catalog. I can't say that I frankly care about all of those things, but just the perception and the look and what this does for John Moran, it makes it seem like, did you, were you actually sorry about what happened? Are you actually, did you actually learn anything from it? Because it doesn't appear that you're taking this thing very seriously. And he actually is speaking right now. We've got it up on ESPN. He's talking after post, uh, after shoot around. So we'll end up hearing from John Morant, uh, after he was suspended by the NBA without pay for conduct detrimental to the league. We'll hear from him shortly. But to me, it was just like not another, I wouldn't call it a misstep, but it's just like maintain a profile where you look like you're taking this stuff seriously because the basketball stuff, on-court expectations aside, it makes this whole situation look like, you, do you realize what you just put yourself through over the last three or so weeks, you know, 14, 15 days that you weren't playing the game, and then you're back and you're acting like everything's a, laugh, a laughing matter, a joke? Like, I just, I don't know, maybe I'm the only one who saw it that way, but the perception with that, you know, is just, it's just a bad look. And I don't know how this affects the, the intensity for him. Like, unless he wins, unless the Grizzlies somehow win the Western Conference this year and go to the finals and beat whoever it is coming out of the East, all this, all, all of his, you know, shortcomings, we'll call them, are not going to be forgiven and certainly not going to be forgiven that quickly because, as you mentioned, that $195 million five-year rookie max extension kicks in next year. The topic of conversation around John Morant this offseason is if they don't win is going to be, has he really learned from the incident that happened, multiple incidences that happened and have been well-documented, or is he just, you know, did he just do and say what he needed to do to get back on the floor? I mean, it's all, it's all up in the air and there is still time obviously from here on out for him to redeem himself in the eyes of you know the public court of opinion all things like that but we'll hear from John Morant coming up here on Candy and Carlin at some point this afternoon he is speaking right now following shoot around ahead of the Rockets game tomorrow that is when we expect him back in a uniform for the Grizzlies for the first time after his eight game suspension ended straight ahead we talked to a former college player of the year and national champion about the the NCAA tournament and also where the state of the NBA is right now and where the league is headed. That's next after Nick tells you this from Wendy's. Courtney, when you want the best deal on the best meal, choose Wendy's two for six bucks. Now you can pick two from some of Wendy's best menu items, including the Dave single made only with always fresh, never frozen beef, the spicy chicken sandwich, 10 piece crispy nugs, or a medium strawberry lemonade. Pair any two for just six bucks. That's a Dave's single and spicy chicken sandwich. Six bucks. Spicy chicken sandwich with medium strawberry lemonade. Six bucks. It's for strawberry lemonade with a 10 piece nugs. Six bucks. Even a Dave's single with another Dave's single. Tired of hearing me saying it, say it yet? Yeah, that's right. Only six bucks. Wendy's two for six bucks is one deal that lets you pick the meal you want at a price you want. 
Swing by Wendy's today to get the best deal in fast food. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Two for six bucks. For a limited time, price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. A la carte only. Single item at regular price. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Nick Friedle sitting in for the guys on this Tuesday afternoon. Indiana, my alma mater, I have not been that excited to watch a game. I mean, I was more excited watching this women's basketball game, the back and forth nature of them with the one seed and nine seed in Miami than I was watching the men's game the night before when Indiana was a four seed and they ended up playing Miami a five seed. That game got away from the Hoosiers towards, you know, the five minute mark in the second half and all was lost. But my hope was not lost until the final moments of the women's game last night where you know, you've got great three-point shooting. You've got two very evenly matched teams. And in the end, Miami comes through with a clutch play that lifts the Hurricanes into the Sweet 16 for the first time since 90, 1992. And the bigger picture story here, Nick, is the fact that this is the first time since 2009 where two one seeds that entered the tournament last week are out by the by the Sweet 16. And I feel like for the game itself where women's college basketball is heading, the level of that has been shocked into the system, the core of women's college basketball. You're seeing it play out in real time, and it's making the competition, the games, and the matchups for the Sweet 16 all that much more intriguing because, frankly, we don't know about a lot of these teams that we saw get into the Sweet 16 because they haven't been at this stage of the game yet. Courtney, this is not your mom and dad's women's tournament (laughs) from 20 years ago. Anything is possible, it seems. And I could not agree with you more when you start looking at reasons why the women's game is growing, why more people are interested in what's going on. It's because anything can happen now in the tournament, and that was not the case a while back. All right, let's stay 
on the subject of the NCAA tournament. Welcome in Larry Johnson, 1991 John Wooden Award winner, won a national championship with UNLV in 1990. Former number one overall pick in the 91 NBA draft joining us here on behalf of DirecTV. And Larry, we're going to get into your involvement with DirecTV here shortly. But the topic of conversation headed into the Sweet 16 in the men's bracket. No Duke, no Kansas, no Kentucky, North Carolina. Is that good for the sport that we're seeing teams that typically aren't here at this stage of the game now playing into the second weekend of the men's tournament? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just showing how, uh, you know, basketball is all over the United States. And uh, I'm from originally from Texas. I'm from Dallas, Texas. So I'm especially happy to see, you know, we in Texas, we're always known as a football state. But now we got uh, these guys, Baylor wanted a couple of years ago, uh, TCU and all these other guys that's playing well. Uh, Houston is playing well. So I, 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 I love seeing just not the blue buzz in there all the time. And But those guys are still good and they're going to be there. And it ain't going nowhere, but it's great to see uh, other colleges around the country jump in the Sweet 16. Larry, speaking of the growth of the game, you know better than anybody that the NCAA had plenty of run-ins with your UNLV program, with your man, Coach Tarkanian, and now it seems like there's a total 180, and they've embraced Vegas. The West Regional Final is there. Five conferences hold their tournaments there. What is it like for you to see how much that relationship has changed since you were at UNLV. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I'm a, I'm a little bitter. You try not to look. I'm over, I'm over 50 now, so you got to let the bitterness go. But I just can only imagine if, it, you know, it was the, it was this, this way when I was here, you know, especially with the NIL and all this old good stuff that the youngsters is, is, is enjoying, which they should. They should enjoy but. You know, you got the girls team here who won the championship, and you got uh, the Raiders here. I tell people all the time, when I went to UNLV, there was no professional team nowhere. There was no professional hockey, no professional basketball, nothing. It was just that 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 school and the basketball team. So it's a big 180 turnaround that I'm looking at now, but it's good. It's good for Vegas, and Vegas is a basketball city, and it's good to see. Larry Johnson, national champion with UNLV in 1990, joining Courtney Cronin and Nick Friedle here on Canty and Carlin. And when we look at this field now of the teams that are in the Sweet 16, some familiar names. Gonzaga's made this stage eight straight times, but we go back to there's no blue blood. Maybe the closest that we have is UCLA, and they've got that Gonzaga team in the Sweet 16 on Thursday. Are there any other matchups, though, that you look at, teams that you feel strongly about going into the Sweet 16, and maybe some other storylines that we aren't talking about enough with this group of teams playing next weekend? No, no, I, I think uh, everything is is in front of you. I, th- I believe. Uh, again, I'm, I'm partial to my Texas team, so I want to see like Houston do well. But uh, this may be Gonzaga's year. Um, you know, they've been there. They they shouldn't be intimidated. Great coaching staff, and uh, I I wouldn't bet against Gonzaga this year. All right, so you're here on behalf of DirecTV. Tell us a little bit about your involvement and what you're doing with them in the NCAA tournament. Well, you again, in Vegas, which uh, sentimental values for me, uh, I'm just myself, DirecTV, for business, and Big Chicken, 
we are uh, actually later on in the day, we're going to direct TV for, for business and big chicken. We're going to donate to the uh, Shaquille O'Neal Foundation. You know, I got to take care of my man, Shaquille O'Neal. And just uh, here with over 300,000 bars and restaurants where we can watch the game uh, with direct TV. So that's all I'm doing. Larry, I watch plenty of the NBA on direct TV all the time. As a former number one pick in 91 and as a guy who spent 10 plus years in the league, what do you make of the state of the NBA right now? Well, everything changes. You know, I get that. That's a question I get a lot, too, uh, about, you know, uh, scoring 100 and some points and the league ain't what it used to be. It's not as tough as it used to be, not as grimy. But, you know, everything changes, and it's a scoring league now. You know, I think Steph Curry, they had a lot to do with that. And now you gotta, you better put some small ball out there and be able to shoot the basketball. And I just like watching good basketball. So, you know, there's some defensive team that's still out there playing a little defense, some defensive-minded players. But for the most part, it's just some offensive basketball. Julius Randle just got 57 the other night. It's just a lot of offensive basketball. And, again, everything changed. I love my era. I love the grind and 75 to 74 games. And every point is just like a drag out to – pulling tooth to get a basket. I love that era, too, but I like to see guys score the rock, too, so I'm not mad at it. I think the the state of the game is fine right now. Larry, as a former number one pick, you know full well the pressures that come with not only being a top pick in the draft, but one of the faces of the league. With that in mind, what advice would you have for John Morant right now with what he's going through in Memphis? Yeah, he's going through a lot, man. I mean, it's so different. We talk about it, um, you know, social media, social media good, social media can be bad. I mean, these youngsters love it, and they can make money off of it. I have no problem with making money off of it, but it's certainly not a place where you take and put weapons on there, you know. But these are youngsters we're talking about. So, you know, I I would never uh, destroy my young fella, my young brother, for making a mistake, but I would – Make sure if I was for advice to him is this was a mistake, brother, and you can't do this. I mean, what we did before you got in the NBA, you just can't indulge in it now. And if you you and and it also comes with having the right people around you. I mean, it should be somebody around him kicking his ass right now. Excuse my French, but and not physically kicking his butt, but just get just letting him know that you made a big mistake and this is not small, and you have to make up for it. You have to atone for that. So. I, I, and he's a smart guy, so I'm, I'm hoping he'd be okay. His eight-game suspension ended this week. Memphis says they are hopeful he will be able to rejoin the team on Wednesday night when they face off with the Houston Rockets. Larry Johnson, thanks to DirecTV with you here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Larry, awesome stuff. Thanks so much for the time. Guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. A team that has been brought into the conversation of quarterbacks this offseason is the New England Patriots. Might they be a team interested in making a run at Lamar Jackson? This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Nick Ferdell sitting in for the guys. And if you ask Marcus Spears, Nick, ESPN football analyst who was on Get Up this morning, Bill Belichick is not doing enough right now to help this team put itself in position to win games in 2023. These past few years have been desolate now. Remember when they went out and spent so much money in free agency and got nothing out of it? Remember last year when he had a competition on who his offensive coordinator would be and we watched his second-year quarterback take a step back from a rookie season that everybody thought he would ascend from? Now he's back in this situation with no damn wide receivers, no explosive offense. The Miami Dolphins added Tyreek Hill. They got Jalen Waddle. They just added Jalen Ramsey on defense. The New York Jets are about to get Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. The Buffalo Bills went and added Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen and have won this division the past two years. And you telling me that we're going to continue to come on TV and talk about, well, the New England Patriots need to do this. I get it. Your success gives you a little bit of time to do things right and get things fixed. The New England Patriots right now, under Bill Belichick, who is the general manager, are not doing enough to win games. I agree with some of it. I don't agree with all of it. And where I start is that this is always a team that's a wild card for free agents. Like, we never know what they're going to do until they sneak up and, and get somebody that you weren't expecting them to, like they did in 2020 with Cam Newton. But... This is a situation where they have done some pretty good things in free agency. I would argue that the Mike Gusecki signing was a really, really good one. They're best of this group. They got a wide receiver to replace Jacoby Myers, who they didn't want anything to do with each other anymore. They got Juju Smith-Schuster. They upgrade the offensive line with Riley Reeve. They add James Robinson to the backfield. I don't think that Bill Belichick's not doing enough. I just think that some of the places where they could be doing more, maybe at the quarterback position and bringing Lamar Jackson into the fold, they just move a little too slowly for our liking. Courtney, do you get the sense covering the league day to day that there is still 
any fear against going up uh, and playing the Patriots week to week? Yes, because of the Belichick factor. He still is so widely respected around the league, but there is the the notion that maybe everything isn't fine behind closed doors. You know, Marcus brought up the fact that Mac Jones took a step back in year two because there was this nonsense competition between uh, between offensive coordinators. Is it going to be, uh, you know, I mean, who who's going to be the voice in his headset this year? And that's frustrating, I think, for, you know, this team that looks at itself as, you know, a group that is supposed to be doing things differently than everybody else in the NFL. And Bill Belichick's very much at the forefront of that because he's the ultimate decision maker. But a Bill Belichick-led team, you know, is going to be well-coached, well-prepared for every game. I do think, though, there are, co- there are sort of cracks in the armor as far as like the Patriot machine and how feared it once was versus where it's at right now. Well, because that's the difference. As I, as I listen to Marcus there and you start watching not just the Patriots play, but you're watching the interviews after the game and all everybody can talk about on TV is uh, have we seen the best that there, there was ever going to be with New England? I don't get the sense from a distance that that fear is within the league week to week like it had been for so long when Brady was there. I think the other key here is when you don't have Brady or you don't have that quarterback that you can trust, you don't have that benefit of the doubt that Marcus mentioned. That benefit of the doubt is is gone, it feels like, in New England. And, and while they have made some solid moves— it just doesn't feel like a team that's going to be able to put it all back together again at the heights at which we've seen before. The way they get back there is if they pull off a move that no one sees coming. And people do see the Lamar Jackson thing coming. That's been rumored. They've been rumored as one of the dark horse teams, the Indianapolis Colts in that mix, too. And it's also the teams that make the most sense, teams that are trying to contend. And when you look at what the AFC East could very well become in a couple of weeks, months, however long it takes Aaron Rodgers to get there. The New England Patriots need to upgrade the position. They need to upgrade their quarterback. And I don't know if that comes via Mac Jones all of a sudden putting things together in year three or if they were to go after a Lamar Jackson. But I get the frustration because it feels like they've been stagnant ever since Brady left, that mm-hmm. we can rely on Bill Belichick and the name and, and you know how feared this team was and doing things the Patriot way. The Patriot way is losing its ground and it's losing its footing in the NFL because teams have begun to figure it out and teams in their own right have gotten better in that process where you do need to take free agency. You do need to take the draft in the offseason a little bit more seriously and make more prudent moves in order to get yourself in position to contend because it only is getting tougher everywhere else in the NFL. Can Bill Belichick reinvent himself at this stage is the real key to me. That is, and I don't know if that's something that he even wants to think about because he has been doing things his way for so long. Of course, adapting and adjusting is the mark of any good head coach, but we'll see if they're able to do it with more moves this offseason. Straight ahead, we're going to hear from Memphis Grizzlies all-star guard John Morant here on Canyon Carlin. Thanks for listening to the Canyon Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canyon Carlin, the podcast.